we're immune to embarrassment about Twilight. We love Twilight. I can't believe you just announced that. Everybody I... loves Twilight deep in their hearts. I don't They're know. They're just afraid that's... to admit it. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. It's not true. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like birds. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. I am really excited to do today's episode because we're going to talk about the road tripping through the Pacific Northwest, which is probably one of my favorite sections of the country it has a few of my favorite national parks like i love big giant trees and this area is just full of them i love giant big snow-capped mountain volcanoes and this area is full of them and so i just love the pacific northwest and so i was so excited that we got to do this episode today i know we take this road trip as often as we can And pretty much in the same route that we're explaining through this episode today, I mean, Uh I really think this is the route that we take. And so we're just going to give you the route Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's long. You're covering a ton of ground. I mean, you're covering national parks in three different states. Right. And so, you know, if you can't do the whole thing, at least break it into two different trips. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you probably need around three weeks, I think. To do this to whole thing. To do it justice. Well, yeah. it's so funny. Is like, if ever we want to visit like a single one of these parks, it's like, well, then we might as well do that one. Oh, yeah. Well, if we do that one, we might as well. And then we just end up like, okay, let's just do the whole thing again. I know. We just can't help ourselves. <laughs> we can't visit Mount Rainier or Crater Lake or the Redwoods or Olympic without visiting all of these, you know, in sequence. It's just like so hard for us. It's like leaving out a sibling in like a fun family activity. Oh, we can't leave out North Cascades. <laughs> North Cascades will be sad. And I'll be sad too. <laughs> yeah, we, okay, so this route that we're talking about today should take you to six different national parks plus we want to add in like a lot of our favorite stops along the way because Mm -hmm. it is a lot of driving right and you are covering a good amount of ground so um we start from salt lake city that's where we're from so we'll just pack up our trailer and go Mm -hmm. so you know that's kind of our point of reference is we're driving from salt lake out to northern california right Uh, but if you wanted to fly you could fly into San Francisco, uh, Sacramento, could go up a little further and go into Portland or Seattle. Mm-hmm. If you went into Seattle, you'd do this whole route backwards. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, there are some big airports around this area that you could fly into and then road trip from there. Mm-hmm. Or you could break it down into two different road trips, you know, and kind of focus on Northern California and Oregon for one. And then do the Washington parks for another. Right. That's a pretty easy split. Pretty easy to kind of separate those two. So that makes it easy. But we have a really hard time with self-control, not just doing the whole thing. So we're going to walk you through the whole thing. It's so fun. And we uh, get to start. And Generally speaking, I like to pick a song to kind of be the song for our road trip. 
You know, that's kind of like what we remember and we sing it a zillion times sort of thing. Well, this last time I noticed that almost every time we go through northern Nevada like this, I always play Johnny Cash's I've Been Everywhere because we get to go through Winnemucca on our way towards Lassen. The dusty Winnemucca road. (laughs) And it's just dusty and there's nothing there. It's so true. Johnny Cash really must have been there. But he says crater lake for pete's sake in his song (laughs) and so it gets us excited to be heading west Uh uh-huh oh yeah absolutely it's so good so yeah play that if you're ever doing this road trip play i've been everywhere and go through northern nevada if you're going from salt lake otherwise i'm getting pretty good at those words too you are you are she does a really good job way better than me that's my new party trick i'm (laughs) trying to be able to sing that song like johnny cash just as fast So, yeah, so we head through northern Nevada and then we head into California. And as you're coming into California, you hit the east part of California and then you get to the southern tip of the Cascade Mountain Range where you will find beautiful Lassen Volcanic National Park. Mm -hmm. And this, you know, the Cascade Mountain Range is full of volcanoes and Lassen Peak is a volcano. Yeah. And it's one that erupted... A hundred years ago, you know, a little more than a hundred years ago. And so you've got a lot of really cool things you can see here. Yeah, I think it's so cool. Besides, you know, Hawaii volcanoes, this is like one of the most recent big eruptions that has happened. You know, you've got Mount St. Helens as well. But yeah, I love that Lassen Volcanic, you know, over a period of like a few years, it erupted more than 150 times. And so... They made it a national park and we get to visit it. And it's incredible because it has all different kinds of volcanoes. There are multiple different, I don't know, classifications, I guess, for volcanoes. And it has all of them within its park boundaries. Yeah. And besides that, you know, so you've got the really cool volcano stuff like uh, Bumpus Hell is the main geothermal area of Lassen. So you can walk around there on boardwalks and you know, get the stinky smell and the bubbling mud and everything. And then there is some really good hiking. I mean, you can hike to the top of Lassen Peak, Mm -hmm. which is cool. We really like Kings Creek Falls, but that one just got burned. They had a huge wildfire there last year, unfortunately. And so portions of the park are still closed or burned and, you know, under construction at this point. So definitely check and make sure you can get in there based on when you're going. But uh, we love to do that. We also love Manzanita Lake. That's one of my favorite spots to hang out. It is so nice and relaxing. And you can sit there on your kayak or canoe or just in your life jacket or something like that and look at the top of Lassen Peak and enjoy the grandeur of all the peaks around you. It's a really beautiful spot. I mean, this park A lot of people don't know very much about it. It's not on your radar, you know, as one of those big parks that everybody wants to visit. But we love stopping here when we're in this area. When we're in the Northern California area, it's really a fun stop. So you don't need a ton of time. It's not a huge park. But, you know, if you can give it a day, day and a half, even two days, just depending on how much of a road trip you're looking for, you know, you won't be disappointed by that. Right. Okay, so driving west from Lassen, as you're working your way to the Redwoods, you're going through the mountains, and there's some really curvy roads Mm -hmm. going through there. 
it brings me a little bit of anxiety when I'm the navigator, John's driving the travel trailer. Uh-huh. And I always like every time we get to that point, I'm like, okay, now which road is the one we can take with the trailer <laughs> and which one is the one that's like instant death? Right. So we have taken route. This is just a side note for anyone who's driving a trailer. It's Highway 299 out of Reading, and you go past Whiskey Town, mm-hmm. and you go through Weaverville, and then it brings you out like around Arcata mm-hmm. on the coast. And so that is the route that we like to take uh, with our trailer. You can go another way with a car, but if you have a trailer, that's the best way. So that's what I recommend. And then you're getting over to near Arcata. And then at that point, if you want to go to the Avenue of the Giants, which is a really cool area to see Redwoods, mm-hmm. uh, then that's when you would head south a little bit, go down towards Fortuna or Ferndale, stay there, and then see the Avenue of the Giants. Oh, the Avenue of Giants it was so cool. It's such a fun place to explore. And if you have never seen either direction, if you do the Avenue of the Giants or if you go north, further north up to, you know, the actual Redwoods National Park and everything like that, you know, you'll be blown away. Anytime you see Redwoods, you just get blown away. But I really did enjoy the Avenue of the Giants because it's just a gorgeous scenic route that you can take and see these huge trees just towering over you. And It's gorgeous. And one of my favorite redwoods of all time is actually somewhat near the northern entrance of the Avenue of the Giants. It's called the Immortal Tree. And it's basically survived everything. And so those trees are so cool. (laughs) I don't know how they survive, but they they seem to do a pretty good job. Yeah. And this one in particular, they've actually on the sign next to the tree, they detail all the things that survived. And so it, used to be a 300-foot tree, but then it got struck by lightning and it blew off 50 feet from the top of it. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can't even imagine being there. That that. storm must have been crazy. Yeah. And if you were camping anywhere near that tree, I think you would have been woken up very not nicely, I guess, and just, what's going on? You know, but it knocked off 50 feet of the tree and then loggers tried to cut it down and it survived that. And then there was a fire and it survived that. And then there was a giant flood and you can see like the water mark to where the water had gotten onto the tree, how high the water was. So anyways, it's one of my favorite trees, but there's several other trees, many, many other trees along this route that have names that they've given names to. And they're so pretty. And they're just incredible. So yeah. I love Avenue of the Giants. I mean, Avenue of the Giants, I feel like, so I really like the Rockefeller Forest. That's my favorite stop. Mm-hmm. It's off the avenue just a little bit. And uh, because of that, a lot of people don't even know it's there. Mm-hmm. That's a hike that we did that I was like, wow, there's nobody out here. And these trees <laughs> are just towering over us. Uh-huh. It is incredible. And so that's one of my favorites. I get a lot of questions, you know, should we do the Avenue of the Giants if we're doing Redwood National Park? And I think, you know, you do get a different experience in each one, but you are seeing a lot of the same thing, which is just these giant trees. And Mm -hmm. so if you don't have time for Avenue of the Giants, then just go up to Redwood. But it really doesn't take that long to drive the Avenue of the Giants Mm -hmm. while you're already right there. Right. So I personally, I mean, take a half a day, go down, drive it, come back up. If that's all you have, mm-hmm. uh, that will work just fine. Yeah. You don't need to spend that much time there. You really don't. One of my favorite things. So as you travel throughout the Pacific Northwest, 
you'll notice that there is a lot of forestry going on. There's a lot of logging culture. There's it's been part of the area for forever. I mean, we'll talk about a, a stop in the actual Redwood National Park in just a minute that kind of takes this to a whole nother level. But right outside the northern entrance, I don't know why this came up, but right outside the northern entrance of the Avenue of the Giants in a little town called Scotia, it just blew me away because there's this huge lumber mill. When you see the trees standing up, I don't know, for some reason, I don't always recognize how huge they are. But there's this lumber mill in Scotia just outside the northern edge of Avenue of the Giants. And you see these trees, these logs laying down. And it, it's kind of like as you're, these trees are just huge. They're massive, hundreds and hundreds of feet of these logs. It, I don't know, it just blew me away. That was something that I did see in the Avenue of the Giants that I didn't see in the actual Redwoods area. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> that is true. We're glad that we're preserving and conserving the redwoods and protecting them. Okay. So from Avenue of the Giants, then you're heading north. You go past Arcata and you're heading up to Redwood National Park. And Redwood National Park, there's the national park and then there's state parks around it that also preserve and protect these redwoods. And so it gets a little confusing in here. But basically, I mean, you can spend a few days here easily. There's some really great hiking trails. Um, you're right on the coast. And so there are some coastal trails that you can take, some scenic drives, lots of really cool things to do. We, this last time we went, we went rafting down the river, the Smith River. The Smith River. Goes through the Redwood Forest. And that was really cool. It was also terrible for me, <laughs> but it was a really cool experience. I just, I couldn't navigate my raft and ran into some things, but, um, so but not that, funny at the time, <laughs> but so funny afterwards. But that was a really fun way to see the Redwoods too, though. It's something we'd never done, mm -hmm. but I don't know. What's your favorite way to see the Redwoods in the national park? I think, well, the Smith River was so cool. I don't know what it was just about. I think well, probably what it is, is I loved rafting on the Smith River because a lot of times you can just sit in your boat and as the water travels, you're just relaxing and looking up the whole time. A lot of times when you're hiking, you're looking at your feet a lot and you have to stop and look up. But when you're on the water, actually, the water just does the traveling for you and you just get to contemplate the forest as you're passing through it. So that was super cool. Well, that was not my experience at all because I was just <laughs> trying to not hit things. I didn't relax as much as I was hoping. So I think I really like hiking through the groves. I really liked the Ladybird Johnson Grove, mm, the tall yeah. trees. You know, if you go through the Stout Grove, there's some really nice groves of redwood trees uh -huh. that you can hike through. In addition to that, I really, I love Fern Canyon. I mean, I know it's so busy. Fern but Canyon. Fern Canyon is like, it has, it's a Fern Canyon. You know, you're yeah. surrounded by canyon walls just covered in ferns and you're hiking through the river or, you know, they've got little boardwalks that you cross to go over the little river. That's where they filmed Jurassic Park. So yeah. I just think that's really cool. The Lost World. Yeah, that's a really fun stop. Also... 
We have to mention, so this is, it's not in the national park, but it's right in between all the different parts of the park, mm-hmm. the national and state parks, Yep, is uh, the Trees of Mystery. Trees of Mystery. Trees of I mystery. love the Trees of Mystery. <laughs> <laughs> so the Trees of Mystery, I mean, we've driven past, we usually stay in Klamath, which is right where the Trees of Mystery is. Mm-hmm. When you drive past, there's a massive... Babe the Blue Ox and Paul Bunyan. Massive. Yes. And a very unnecessarily accurate blue, (laughs) giant blue ox. And we've driven past. So, I mean, the Redwood area is kind of full of a whole bunch of gimmicky stops, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so I thought the Trees of Mystery would be a lot like that, where it's just like you drive past and you're like, "Eh," you know, Mm -hmm. they just want your money. Uh, but this last time we were there, we actually did stop at the Trees of Mystery. We thought, well, we should check it out and see what it's like. And mm-hmm. I loved it. I thought it was really cool. My favorite thing was walking the rope bridges. They mm-hmm. have like swinging bridges set up in between the redwood trees. But you're like, you know, 100 feet off the ground. Yeah, they have like a gondola that you can take. They have those rope bridges and everything. It feels like... If you've ever seen Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi with the Ewok village, how they're up in the trees like a hundred feet above and everything's made of wood and you've got the rope bridges. That's kind of what it feels like. It's super cool. And it's amazing to be up higher in the tree canopy and realize you're like a hundred feet off the ground, but there's still like 200 feet of tree above you. Yeah, that was crazy for me. The swinging bridges was, I think, the best part of the Trees of Mystery. That was just a really fun way to see the redwoods. Yeah. And to really have like a good appreciation for how big those trees actually are. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you're standing at the bottom of a redwood tree and you're looking up, it's like, I mean... (laughs) You can't even see the top a lot of the times. And so it's really hard to like grasp how big of a tree that actually is. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's different than like in Sequoia, you know, where it's like you can see the width of Uh the Sequoia tree. And and that happens in the redwoods too. But I just feel like like the the length, (laughs) Uh how tall a tree is, is really hard to like wrap your mind around. Yeah. And so I think that's why I liked the Trees of Mystery because it was like when you're standing... 100 feet up above the ground, you know, walking between these trees and you have so much tree below you and so much tree above you. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, my gosh, these really are just like absolutely massive trees. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a great stop. I would recommend that's one of those places. It looks a little kitschy, but like, (laughs) oh, I actually did like that stop. I did too. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the Redwood National Park area. Obviously, there's like a ton of more stuff that you can do. We're just going to glide on through and (laughs) keep driving up. We're heading towards Crater Lake, Mm -hmm. but we have to talk about our favorite stop in Crescent City. Yes. Uh, You'll go through Crescent City before you leave California and head into Oregon. So, John. Our oh. favorite stop in Crescent City is... Crescent Seafood. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's this fun little restaurant in the marina area. And, like, I don't even remember how we found it the first time. but It's we just really kind of... hole-in-the-wall spot. Yeah. I think we just really... No, I remember why. Because we were looking for good seafood. We're a seafood family. Uh-huh. And we tried a place down, like, near Arcata, and it wasn't good. Nope. 
and I'm not going to say what it was. I don't even remember what its name was, but it tasted like cafeteria style seafood, way yeah. buttery and oily. And... But it was like a really nice restaurant. It just wasn't good. Um, <laughs> so we decided to go the opposite direction <laughs> and go for the hole in the wall, like kind of scary looking restaurant, which honestly, like, aren't those always the best? They are so good. So they literally, I mean, it is right at the marina. So they catch a lot of what they sell and what they prepare in the restaurant. They catch mm-hmm. it. Uh, that day or the day before, mm-hmm. bring it in and Crescent Seafood. It's just one of it's it's our favorite place to stop when we're so in good. That They've area. got great like fish tacos and shrimp tacos. And my favorite thing that they took off the menu, but maybe if I mention it in this podcast, they'll bring it back. Is the smoked salmon salad, Sammy? Say that five times fast. Smoked salad, salmon. Nope, can't do it. Nope. It, is, it was so good. But that restaurant really, that's a family favorite for us. We love stopping there. And when we record a Redwoods episode, we will go into great depth about other places we like in this area. But, you know, that's a pretty good overview. So let's head to Crater Lake. Yes. And on your way to Crater Lake, there's always this moment as you're leaving California and you see the welcome to Oregon sign. And there's this moment where you're just like, oh, gas just got 50 cents cheaper. <laughs> Every time we pass into Oregon from California, we're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, we, OK, we can afford this road trip now. <laughs> so that really is that we love passing into Oregon. And then as you're driving through Oregon, you know, you are going through some towns and some cities. You will pass Oregon Caves National Monument, which is a cool stop. And then you really just kind of hit this pretty sparsely populated uh, zone, you know, as you start getting closer to Crater Lake, then you start to really feel like, okay, we are heading to nothing except for a really cool lake. Yeah. An amazing lake. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. I think one of the best things that Ash notices when we're getting close to Crater Lake is she starts to notice that the trees kind of have droopy tops and it's her favorite. favorite. I love, I love the trees at Crater Lake. The, the trees with droopy tops are hemlock trees. And when I mean droopy tops, it's like they're the the canopy, the very, very tip of the tree is just like, just kind of hangs to one side, it's kind of like, like a it, wizard's hat. Yeah, it's like it gave up. Like, it's just too <laughs> tired. The rest of the tree is like, oh, I'm going to hold myself straight. And then the top is just like, no. nope can't do it but yeah it does it looks like like kind of like a a wizard's hat and i just think they're so cool and you'll find them especially like as you're driving up to the rim Mm -hmm. once you get into crater lake and you're heading up to the rim you'll see a bunch because it's it really starts to thin out like the vegetation you're working your way up a pretty Mm -hmm. good amount of elevation and uh yeah you'll see those hemlock trees everywhere yeah. And then you get up there and it's like, boom. Yes. An amazing, like the bluest of blue lakes that you will ever see. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And it's so beautiful. Oh. I love Crater Lake. Oh, man. It's such a beautiful sapphire blue. And it's incredible because I didn't realize this until we had our first experience there. But that is the deepest lake in America. And you can see so far down the reason it's so clear is because it's pretty much only fed by rain and snow. Yeah, it's just precipitation. Yeah. Which is crazy. It doesn't have an inlet. Yeah. You know? 
But yeah, the the color and, you know, it's a pretty small park. When we go to a new national park, don't we often wish we had one of our own itineraries? We do all the time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I wish someone would have written this. It's so frustrating. I wish we had a Dirt in My Shoes itinerary because I want to know all the best ways to visit that place. I want to see all the best things and skip the overrated stuff. And I don't want to get stuck in traffic or miss out on something cool. There have been some duds in there, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm offering you a magical trip to Yellowstone, Glacier, Yosemite, the Grand Canyon, the Great Smoky Mountains, and many more. Head over to DirtInMyShoes.com to get your Dirt In My Shoes itinerary today and make your magical trip happen now. Uh, You can drive around the rim, which is definitely worth it. You'll get a lot of different views. My favorite thing to do at Crater Lake is to go to Cleetwood Cove and hike down and to take the boat tour so Uh that you're actually like on the lake. Yep. That is, for me, I mean, I mean, the hike down is pretty challenging. When you're at Crater Lake, you're looking down, 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 down to even see the lake because it's the middle of a volcano. And sometimes it's so big, it's hard to remember that. Yeah. And so I, I love doing the boat tour hiking to the top of one of the summits. So uh, a good one, if uh, you have your family with you, is the Watchmen. That's a nice, it's like a old fire tower. I don't know. Do they still use the fire tower? I think so. I can't remember if they did or not. I think they do. Yeah. You can hike up to the fire tower and then you have even higher views <laughs> of mm-hmm. Crater Lake. So that's a fun one. Something that it's a little bit like... It's not as exciting because you're not right at the lake, but um, I love the wildflower garden that you can walk through. Oh, yes. It's so pretty. So that one's called Castle Crest and it's a really short trail, but like the wildflowers along that trail, if you can time it right, they're phenomenal. Oh, and they're all around you. If you close your eyes and you're imagining yourself just, you know, frolicking through a field of wildflowers. It's not quite like that, but it's so close. <laughs> it really is. It's it's my happy place. I love that spot at Crater Lake. It's an so awesome one. That's a park where you can get away with just spending the day there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we typically try to stay a little bit longer just because we like to do some hiking. And, the, you know, if you're doing a lot of hiking and the boat tour, you'll need two days at least. But I love Crater Lake. I never get tired of seeing Crater Lake. No, it's so great. Love it. Then from Crater Lake, I mean, you're in Oregon. So we talked about, you know, if you need to cut this road trip into two separate trips, Mm -hmm. then Crater Lake is your turnaround point Mm -hmm. (laughs) for trip number one. For trip number one, you know, you're doing Lassen, Avenue of the Giants, Redwood, and Crater Lake. That's a really cool loop. So you can still see a ton doing that loop. And so that's a really good road trip by itself. If you have more time and you want to add on the Washington Parks, now you know you're in Oregon and we're heading up to Washington, but you've got a long way to go. You've got a long way to go. And if you do it, you get to travel through the Willamette Valley, which is pretty cool, which is the destination on the Oregon Trail video game. Yeah. (laughs) Blast from the past. (laughs) Which is super fun. 
and it's pretty cool. We actually, tangent, I played this game. I played the Oregon Trail game with our kids the other day, and I forgot how difficult that game was. My five-year-old died like the first time we tried to ford the river, and we still had like an hour of playing the game. <laughs> he was pretty upset. He was pretty He was sad. like, what stupid game is this? Oh, man. It was yeah. so hard to get to Oregon without getting cholera or dysentery. <laughs> yeah. So if you continue on past Crater Lake, you can actually, if you want to, cut over to the Oregon coast. Mm -hmm. So if you take, you know, you kind of, you cut over towards Reedsport is kind of where I would hit the coast from Crater Lake. And then you hit the coast at Reedsport and then you can go north on the 101. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are so many things to do along there. You could easily make that its own vacation. Yeah. But a few of my favorite things, I really like the Hasita Head Lighthouse because I'm a sucker for lighthouses. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> the Newport Aquarium is really cool. Beverly Beach, like you can camp in yurts at Beverly Beach and that's really fun. The Devil's Punch Bowl, that's like an arch right on the in the water that you can see. Mm -hmm. And uh, whale watching at Depot Bay. You can go to Tillamook, John's favorite place. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love the cheese. Tillamook cheese. makes such good yogurt and ice cream. I mean, the cheese is good. The cheese is actually really good. But Chocolate's I, good, too. I Yeah, I go for the ice cream. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you've got... Cannon Beach. I mean, there are just like so many places you can stop along the Oregon coast mm -hmm. on the way. But once you get up to the top of Oregon, I think, you know, we made a special stop here this last time. Yeah. And that is Astoria. Yeah. And Fort Clatsop. Yeah. Which was so cool. I loved going there. If you don't know what Fort Clatsop is, if you're familiar with Lewis and Clark, so they left St. Louis traveled all the way to the Pacific Ocean, and Fort Clatsop is actually where they stopped and spent four months basically over the winter time and like resupplying and things like that. And Fort Clatsop, they rebuilt what the fort, the original, was like, and they do like presentations and they teach you all about the Lewis and Clark journey. And it's kind of amazing. They spent four months there just like getting leather moccasins ready and, you know, boiling salt water so that they could have tons of salt that they could use to trade with Native Americans on their way back and just resupplying. It was, it's a really cool stop and a great historical artifact in a lot of ways. It's such a neat place to be, especially if you love the Lewis and Clark Trail. Yeah, that was a fun stop for me too. And I don't know as much about Lewis and Clark as you do, but what I also like is it's run by the NPS. And so like they had a junior ranger program for the kids and uh, there was just a lot of really cool stuff to do there that we didn't know you could do. Yeah. So Fort Clatsop is a really fun stop as you're heading up towards Washington. But then you've got to go into Astoria. It's a really fun little town. Yeah. And they had the best. Okay. I love Crescent Seafood so much. I love it so much. But we did discover another seafood place that we thought was awesome. So since this is a road trip, you got to think about food. You know, what are you going to eat all along the trip? And the restaurant that we absolutely loved was the South Bay Wild Fish House. That was so good. So we've spent years going to Crescent Seafood because we just love it so much. And then we went to South Bay and I was like, 
oh no, like this place might be better than Crescent Seafood. Mm-hmm. I like having conflicting feelings here. because it's like we were cheating already, on Crescent Seafood. Yeah, I already had my favorite, but then we went to, we went to South Bay and I was like, oh, I don't know. It's a close one. Oh, it's so very good. close. So that one was fun. And what I also liked about that one is that Astoria itself is a pretty cute town. Yeah. There's a lot of history there and a lot of really cool things you can do. But from that restaurant, you can actually walk down. There's the Columbia River Walk. Mm -hmm. So you're right on the Columbia River where it comes into the ocean. So it's just like, it looks like the ocean, but it's still the river technically. But like, you know, obviously there's a lot of swishing around of the water. (laughs) You know, it's pretty much ocean, but... Mm-hmm. The river's coming in and there, you know, there's a river walk that you can do in Astoria that takes you right by the river. And uh, this last time we were there, we, so we ate delicious seafood and then we went down to the river walk and they had live music down there and you're just like walking along the river. It was, it's really fun. Yeah. It was so awesome. And then you also have the Astoria column, which is like an observation tower. You can go up and they have murals of Oregon history and stuff like that. So there's some pretty cool stuff to do in Astoria, plus the best seafood. (laughs) Oh, man. It was a neat place. I could spend a whole trip there. That would be a destination for me. I loved that a lot. Can I mention one more thing about traveling through Oregon that was very unique and kind of fun? If you've never really been there before and you go to fill up your car with gas, it's one of the only two places in the country where it's not allowed for you to pump your own gas. And so, okay, so I really like the show Friends. And there's an episode where Monica is dating Richard, who is Tom Selleck, the manliest man alive, the best mustache in existence. (laughs) And Joey and Chandler are like, they think he's the coolest guy to hang out with. He's the cool guy. He's the cool dad figure in a lot of ways. And they're like so pumped about like they went to a Knicks game, I think, with him when they were like talking about afterwards. They're like, yeah, he was so cool. Like when he tipped the guy, you know, he like put his dollar in his hand and gave him a handshake. And it was like a really smooth transition for a tip. I thought that was so cool. And they're like, when they try to practice themselves, they're like totally not doing it right. And it was really awkward and silly. That was like the first time that I had someone pump my gas for me in Oregon. I was like, uh, hi, just uh, unleaded, please. It was so unnatural and weird about it. Did you I try to slip like, him a tip? <laughs> I, know. I didn't know if I was supposed to tip him or not. It was just such a funny situation. So expect that when you go through Oregon, you know, that they have attendants there to pump your gas and try not to be as awkward about it as me and like, I had no idea what you're supposed to do. (laughs) While I sit in the truck looking out the window like, what is he doing? (laughs) Don't get out. They come over to you. I didn't know the process. (laughs) But now you're a seasoned professional of letting other people pump your gas. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So good at it. (laughs) Leaving Oregon, when you leave Astoria, you'll go across a giant bridge Mm -hmm. that will take you into Washington. So you stay on the 101 all the way up to Olympic. You're basically traveling the whole side of Washington. Yeah. As you go up on the 101 until you get up to the Forks area, which is the beach and the rainforest portion of Olympic National Park. Yeah. And this drive along the 101 from Oregon up to Forks is, I think, your best chance in all of the road trips in the country of 
seeing a Sasquatch. Yeah. I think this is probably the most likely spot for you to see it on any type of road trip because the forests here are so thick and the roads are so windy. I could get into it a little bit, you know, but I think this is where I would bet money. This is where you're going to see Bigfoot. I think there's a lot of people who think that Bigfoot lives around there. We want to, we're going to do a whole episode about Bigfoot. That's how weird we are. So, so you get up to Forks and that's where you get to the beaches. So you've got the Claylock area mm-hmm. and there's a lot of really nice beaches there. You've got Ruby Beach. You've got Rialto Beach, which we really like to hike out to in tide pools. So there's so much beautiful beach in mm-hmm. this area. La Push. Yeah, that's that's on the with werewolves and vampires. Man, <laughs> I love Forks so much. It's kind of a it's it's a really small town. There's really not a whole lot there, but I love the Twilight tour that they have, and they even have a museum with like movie props. Uh huh. So we've been see. through that, and it was so embarrassing you that could... I was like, "Oh, I know that." I know. It I was remember em- that scene. It was embarrassing for me too. We're immune to embarrassment about Twilight. We love Twilight. I can't believe you just announced that. Everybody I... loves Twilight deep in their hearts. I don't They're know just afraid to admit it. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. It's not true. But yeah, I mean, the area is fun. Not only do you get cool stuff in Olympic, you know, because you have the beaches, you have the whole rainforest, which is right there. You pass like the Quinal area as you're coming up towards Forks. So that would be a good time to stop there if you want to see what that looks like. But, you know, you've got lots of really cool things to do in Olympic, and then you have Twilight. Yes. So I love that museum. That I just couldn't get over that. It has her wedding dress covered in blood, uh, if you remember <laughs> that scene. And anyway, that was that was a fun stop for me. Uh, but, I did buy a shot glass with a werewolf on it. Yeah. Felt I, cool. Our kids have wolf shirts, What team too. are you on, by the way? Oh, Team Jacob, for sure. <laughs> Oh, so man. yeah, <laughs> we just divided. We just lost half the audience. Half. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> Beyond Forks, you keep driving around. So when we go to Olympic, we like to split our lodging. So we'll usually stay a couple nights in Forks mm-hmm. and do the beaches and rainforest, and then we'll head up towards Port Angeles, and that's where you'll get to like Hurricane Ridge, which is the mountain portion of Olympic. So yeah. Olympic is just so diverse. Uh, you really get so many different landscapes yeah. and different things to do, just depending on where in the park you are. Okay, so one thing I didn't really acknowledge or I took for granted a little bit is how big the mountains there actually are. And in Port Angeles, there's this little drive you can take out to Eda's Hook and It basically takes you out a little bit further, almost like a little peninsula, and you can kind of see Port Angeles and you can look out almost as if you were like in a boat is kind of what you get to do. And you get to look on towards the land. It takes you towards Canada. Yeah, (laughs) it takes takes you you north. Not very far, but just like out into the water north of the town. But just going that far out a little bit gives you a ton of perspective and you realize, oh, wow, those mountains are really big. And I didn't realize how big they were until I I have a list of like the top, you know, 50 mountains that I want to hike in the U.S. And there's one of them on the list. It's Mount Olympus in the Olympic Mountains there. And the reason it's so cool, the reason I'm bringing it up now is 
there's the elevation of the peak of a mountain, which is how high above sea level that mountain is. And then there's another way of measuring it based on prominence. And prominence is how tall the mountain is from the base of the mountain all the way to the top. And Mount Olympus is the 10th tallest mountain in the U.S. into the lower 48 based on prominence. Interesting, because it basically starts at sea level. Yeah, exactly. Right at sea level. So the prominence of Mount Olympus is 7,800 feet. Hmm. And so that's huge. That's a huge mountain. And the number one mountain, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is Mount Rainier, which is 13,000 feet of prominence. You know, And so it's way bigger, but Mount Olympus is huge in itself. Number 10 in the country. Is that the lower 48? That's the lower 48. I speak about the lower 48 as if I'm from Alaska, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. Oh, so that's really cool. I mean... So yeah, the mountains are cool too. That's what... Yeah, that's what's really interesting about Olympic is so you can spend the morning in the mountains and then the afternoon at the beach. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can also... We love going to Crescent Lake. Yeah. Swimming in Crescent Lake. That's really fun. It's such a cool There's spot. a dock you can jump off, which is just so iconic and it's fun. the best jumping dock in all of the national parks, yeah. ask me. Yeah. I mean, they have it set up for that even. Like the dock has ladders going up, you know, so you can get in and out of the water really easily. And yep. That's super fun. So we love Olympic. Olympic is one of those parks because of the variety and the size. Really, the more time you can give to it, the better. Yeah. So I recommend four days, three days you can get away with. Once you get down into two days, I mean, you're really limiting where you can be without like having to get stuck in crowds all the time and stuff like that. There's so many busy parts of the park that don't connect to each other. Yeah. That logistically it gets really messy if you don't spend more time there. Uh-huh. And so I personally, like if you can do four days, you will just love, love, love the things that you can see in that park. Yeah. It's so much fun. Driving to the next park, I feel like is the longest drive ever. It feels long. <laughs> it does. You're oh. not going that far. No. Oh, but you do pass funnest name of a city. So right next to Port Angeles, as you're leaving Olympic and everything is Squim. It looks like Sequim, uh-huh. like Sequin, but with an M. Right. And so we, I mean, I think the first time we went through, we were like, that's a weird name, Sequim. But then we learned pretty fast. No, it's even worse than that. It's Squim. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so fun to say. I, I love, love it. That. Oh, man. Squim. Sounds like an ocean creature. <laughs> it does. Squim. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're driving down, you know, you go through Squim and then you go down and you're following the Puget Sound, which is the body of water that's right next to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So you're across the Puget Sound from Seattle as you're driving down and you're. it's a beautiful drive you know, as you're driving down and following the water and, and going down. But then you hit like Tacoma and so you start hitting some pretty big cities. Yeah. And it just feels like, yeah, we always get stuck in traffic through yeah. there. That just shows you how big like that peninsula is because you feel like, oh, I'm in Washington. I'm just across the sea. When you're in Port Angeles, you're like, Seattle's right there. But then you have to drive like what feels like infinity hours. To yeah, get and you're towards... not even you're not even close to Seattle at that point. <laughs> like you're still pretty far, you know, when you're in Tacoma and stuff. I mean, it's just we do. We get stuck in traffic and then you kinda 
breathe a sigh of relief when you turn off the interstate to uh-huh. go to Mount Rainier because it gets a lot quieter, yeah. a lot more rural. And then you're just you're going to the best park. Yes. <laughs> we love Mount Rainier so oh, much. Oh, man. It's probably my favorite. It's hard to choose. Hey, you said it. You started. <laughs> it's my favorite national park in the Pacific Northwest on this whole road trip. Like, that's the one I'm the most excited about visiting. Ah, the great fiery giant Mount Rainier. It's so awesome. I love that park. It's so big. Like I said before a minute ago, it's the number one tallest by prominence in the United States. Lower 48. In the lower 48. Yeah, you just can't discount those massive mountains in Alaska. I know, they're so big. But yeah, goodness sakes, Mount Rainier is so huge. It creates its own weather. And it's really actually kind of a challenge to see sometimes. Because it does create its own weather and clouds and everything like that. And so if you get to see the mountain, you know, not covered in clouds, then you're kind of lucky a lot of the time. The first time we were there, it took us five days to see the mountains because it was raining so much and it was so cloudy. I I just love the place. It's one of those, like we were talking about earlier, whispering the trees of mystery. You know, there's almost a little bit of whispering about Mount Rainier because it's that magical mountain. You know, it's so cool. It's hard to see sometimes. You know, what surprises me is how many people are from the Seattle area who don't visit Mount Rainier Uh or who don't even know much about it. Yeah, it's so true. Because I have a really good friend from the Seattle area and she like we went up to visit them the last time we were up in that area. And they're like, what do you even do at Mount Rainier? I'm like, oh, oh, my heart. (laughs) You're so close. You're so close. And I think I fell under this assumption, too, kind of where it was like, well, it's so close to Seattle and, you know, it's just a mountain. Mm -hmm. And so you see like in the distance, you see this giant mountain, but it it doesn't seem like there would be that much to do. Right. I don't know why. It's just like, oh, yeah, it's just there. Yeah. I remember getting there for the first time and being like, what have I been doing all my life? Like. (laughs) (laughs) This park has some of the best hiking trails I've ever been on. Mm -hmm. Uh, We love the Skyline Trail. It is so hard to beat that trail. Even though it's busy, even though everybody wants to hike it, it takes you up into like the clutches of Mount Rainier. You're so close. You're just like, oh my gosh, I could just, I just need to hike a little bit further and be at the very top. (laughs) I'm so close. (laughs) You're really not that close. You've got a lot of elevation to go, but it feels like you're just standing right there on it. No. I mean, which you are, but. You are, you're you're on the mountain. Well, from the Skyline Trail, that's the base camp. That's where a lot of people that are hiking to the summit start. And it's really cool. This was a little bit controversial in my family and in Ash's family when we talked about the what we ranked as our number one hike, you know, in the country. And I put the Burroughs Trail for Mount Rainier. I know. And everybody's like, really? I mean, it's a really, really, (laughs) really, really cool one. It's really, really, really. I love the Burroughs Trail. It's so great. That's my. I still stand by it. It's controversial, but I still stand by it. The Burroughs Trail from Sunrise. The sunrise area of Mount Rainier, you'd hike up and over the burrows and around. That's awesome. Best, best trail in the country. Now, I have to say that Mount Rainier, out of every park that we have talked about so far, that is, for me, I think that's the hardest one to time correctly. Yeah. 
And we've made that mistake several times. The first time we went to Mount Rainier, we went for the 4th of July and we couldn't hike at all. Mm -hmm. Everything was so covered in snow still. And so then we went back a couple weeks later. We had to readjust our whole schedule and go back. And it was a lot better towards the end of July. Yeah. And then you get into August, like, because we've gone in August and it's like, oh, there's so much wildfire smoke. You can't see anything. Mm -hmm. And so now when we go, we always try to time Mount Rainier for some time around the end of July. Yes. Pretty much, you know, kind of that last week of July is kind of the sweet spot that we've found where it's like, okay, we go the last week of July, then we should be able to hike. Mm -hmm. Things should be open, you know. Uh, they, I mean, they've been getting massive amounts of snow these past couple of years, too, where even opening dates have been later than mm -hmm. usual. So you just, it's hard to time that. So we give ourselves a little bit of a buffer between when things typically should be opening until they actually do. Yeah. But then you don't want to go too late because then you get the wildfire smoke. And, and in a park like Mount Rainier, you know, if you've got a lot of smoke, then it's hard to see anything yeah you're pretty limited in what you can see if the mountain is covered in smoke plus from a lot of these trails especially the skyline trail you can see other volcanoes yeah. from up there but if it's smoky then you can't and so like you can see mount adams and mount baker and some of those other ones and it's it's incredible it's such an amazing view and the wildfires do kind of spoil that a little bit and so yeah but, but it's I, so tricky to time but olympic if you're going to Rainier and Olympic, like Olympic is a lot more forgiving when yeah. it comes to the time that you go. And if it is smoky, a lot of what you're seeing at Olympic is a lot more close up. Mm -hmm. You know, you're looking at, at the rainforest. So you're seeing the trees right in front of you or you're looking at the beach and it's not typically smoky at the beach, you know. And so Olympic is a lot easier to time. So if you need to hit a park earlier in July, Olympic is a better choice. Right. So I'll always tell people, you know, kind of try to work your schedule so that Rainier hits closer to the end of July and then either go to Olympic like before that or after. Mm -hmm. But get your timing for Rainier first. Right. And then plan your trip around that. If Mount Rainier really matters to you, then Time Rainier really well and then work everything else around that time. <laughs> it's true. Start at Rainier and work backwards. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I do now. Honestly, I'm like, okay, well, if I do it this way, like what when does that put me in Rainier? Yes. Because it matters. <laughs> Gotta reverse engineer our vacations. We're gonna do a whole episode about Mount Rainier here in a couple months. So I can't wait to dig into that one more. But let's keep going because this is our last national park Man. of the trip and that is north cascades ah love the cascades so many things i love like on different routes going to the north cascades well i was looking at the map and i was like you know it's funny we pretty much always when you're going from rainier and heading up to north cascades like if you're trying to go in on the main side of North Cascades, mm -hmm. which is the west side, you drive right up through Seattle. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I, I was just kind of chuckling to myself because I was like, you know, we're so funny. We're such weird people because it's like planning our trip like, okay, we're just going to like sneak on through Seattle. Like <laughs> we just want to get through there uh, and up to the North Cascades before 
we get stuck in too much traffic. So uh, that's typically the route we take. Mm -hmm. We have taken other routes because of road closures, not of our own uh, free will. Yes. But the fastest way from Rainier up to North Cascades is to go, if you're going to the west side of North Cascades, is to go up past Seattle and then cut over. Yeah, it definitely is the fastest. Okay, so the North Cascades, I've always kind of had this little debate with Ash just for fun while we're on our way up there. So the nickname for the North Cascades is the American Alps. But are the aren't the Alps just the European North Cascades? <laughs> Says someone who's never been to the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> when we always have this conversation and I'm like, "John, if you have actually seen the Alps, <laughs> you would say that uh no, <laughs> these are not we can call these the American Alps, I guess, but it's definitely not the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Until I experience them myself, though, I'll probably stick with that. Yeah. North Cascades is a, it's an interesting park. I really enjoy it. But what's interesting about it is a lot of the area that you're actually like when you're there looking at things and hiking and stuff, you're actually more in the... Ross Lake recreation area. And, you know, so you're not actually technically in the national park unless you purposely like go way off the beaten path to get there. It's such a unique, a unique national park experience because of that. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got the lakes, you've got uh, Diablo Lake, which is that just gorgeous turquoise blue lake surrounded by mountains. Mm -hmm. But what I think what's also interesting about that lake So you've got the town of New Halem, which is on the west side of North Cascades. It's like a power company town. Right. And so Diablo Lake is dammed and everything, (laughs) I mean, everything around there is like dammed and it's like all for the power company and the the water, the hydroelectric, everything. And so you don't get as much, I feel like you don't get as much of like a pristine mountain experience if you just stick to that main road. Right. Not to say it's not beautiful because it is, but where the real magic comes out in this park is when you really make an effort to get on some of those bigger, harder trails. Oh my gosh. I still remember the first time that we went to the parking lot for the hiking trail of Cascade Pass, like we got out of the car. And it blew me away because the wildflowers were just crazy. And then all of a sudden, off in the distance, as we're looking towards like this awesome granity craggy peak, all of a sudden the glacier that is on that peak started to calve. And so crashing down the mountains, here we are in the parking lot. We're just like admiring the wildflowers. And then all of a sudden in the distance, we just just And giant chunks of ice from the glacier are just crashing down the cliffs and echoing back and forth in that canyon. And it just, we're just like, what is going on? It's, it was so cool. I still remember that. I have a video of it. It It's so cool. Yeah. Cascade Pass is one of my favorite areas. I think if you really want some good hiking on that west side of North Cascades, then you should make the effort to get up to Cascade Pass Mm -hmm. and start hiking from there. The other place being on the other side of the park. So you drive through the park, you'll pass Diablo Lake, which we really like to kayak there. It's really fun to hang out in that area. 
But then you go, you drive to the other side of the park and this is where like you're hitting, you're actually in the forest service land at this point. You're not in the national park at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you get over to the Washington Pass area and there's a lot of good hiking over there. The most well-known hiking trail over there is the Maple Pass Loop yeah. as far as big hiking, like epic hiking that you just don't want to miss. So cool. That one is really, really incredible. Yeah. I've been beaten up by a trail before, but that one beat me up pretty good. It, it was so beautiful. Even our kids thought, like, I've, they still talk about that trail every once in a while when we bring up the North Cascades. They're like, oh, that one trail, that was so hard. It was so hard. Those poor kids. <laughs> but you have 360 degree mountain views. Yeah. And you're just up there and it's phenomenal. So I really love that one. But if you don't want to do a really hard one, Rainy Lake is right in that area. And I like that one a lot. It's so pretty. It's reminiscent of if you've been to Glacier and you've hiked to Avalanche Lake. Uh huh. So you have the lake and it's surrounded by cliffs and then you have waterfalls coming down those cliffs. Yeah. That's what Rainy Lake looks like as well. So I like that one a lot. So pretty. There's some really good hiking trails in North Cascades. If you're just looking to like stay for a day or two, You'll mostly probably stick to those surface trails close to the road because it does take quite a bit of effort Mm -hmm. (laughs) for some of these longer trails getting up, especially as we mentioned, like Cascade Pass. You know, you're going up a pretty narrow dirt road for a little ways. So that park is one of those that is, again, under a lot of people's radar, but there is some really epic hiking Mm -hmm. that you can do. Yeah, exactly. And then you come out the east side of North Cascades and you hit the town of Winthrop. Yes, I love Winthrop. We stop there a lot, but I have never had success panning for gold. Not for lack of trying. Either. <laughs> We've tried multiple times and I, my kids are always just like, why are we digging in the dirt? <laughs> they just haven't, they had thought they found a couple of small rocks that are pretty cool with the colors, but... I don't think they've uh, found the appeal. I think all of the gold has been panned. I think you're right. Winthrop is an old Western town. Mm -hmm. The downtown's really fun. It's got like a, the sidewalks are boardwalks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's got a cool history. The buildings are really interesting. And there's a fun little sweet shop and mini golf and ice cream restaurants. Yeah. So we really like Winthrop. It's, It's a fun gateway town for a national park. It really is really cool. The first time that we were there was a giant wildfire was going on in the national park or kind of just outside in the forest service land. And it was so smoky, like the sun was literally blood red. It was kind of crazy. Everybody in the uh, pine near (laughs) campground that we were at, they were coughing up smoke and everything, but it was super cool. It was I, a super place. I feel like almost every time we've been to the North Cascades, it has there's been a fire somewhere. Uh-huh. That area It's because we there's keep, so many fires. We keep reverse engineering the trip the same way. It's probably true. <laughs> We're like, well, we'll sacrifice North Cascades so that we can get better timing to Mount Rainier. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we usually do hit wildfires uh in that area. But We've had a great time every time, even with wildfires in the area. So uh, we love North Cascades. As you head out of Winthrop, 
this basically marks the end of the road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem being that, you know, if you flew into San Francisco, now you're all the way at the top of Washington. Right. <laughs> and so then you've got a 15 hour drive back down to San Francisco. <laughs> So that's why I say, you know, maybe it makes more sense to break it into two trips if you don't have three weeks to be on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is the point of our trip where we'll drop down to Chelan from Uh Winthrop. We'll go to Chelan and go to Slidewaters and go to Blueberry Hills. We will go up into Stahican, which you have to take a ferry up Lake Chelan. Mm-hmm. But Stahican is part of North Cascades National Park. Yeah. And you can only get there by boat or plane. There's no road that gets you there. And that part of North Cascades is phenomenal. Oh, it's so cool. It's almost, I don't know, it's almost mysterious too. This episode has a lot of mystery, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're adding in the mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. But if you don't know what Lake Chelan is, it's a ancient like glacial carved lake that is miles and miles and miles long it's it looks like if you look at it on a map it's like an anaconda that goes up into it cuts from chelan all the way up through the mountains all the way up into the actual national park it's so long but it's so cool and it's super deep it's super blue and clear and everything like that it's awesome it's such a fun place to be at the ferry takes like four hours to it, get all the yeah, way up to Stahican. It takes a long time, but Stahican is worth it. I like going up to that part of North Cascades. It's reminiscent of like a little town in Alaska. To me, when I'm up in there, you're surrounded by mountains and just not being able to get there anyway, except for boat or plane. I mean, I lived in a place in Alaska that was like that. And so that's why I think I really like that area. It feels like you're somewhere totally different. Yeah. It's a really fun spot. We love it a lot. But yeah, at that point, I mean, if you want to go to Stahican Great, I definitely recommend it as part of your North Cascades time. But otherwise, that pretty much, I mean, at that point, that's when we would start heading back to Utah and just kind of making our way back home. But, you know, you'll head back to whatever airport or whatever city you started in. And that is your grand tour of the parks in the Pacific Northwest. If you need any help planning your time in any of these parks, I have articles for all of them on Dirt in My Shoes. So Mm -hmm. you can go over there. You can see what we like to do, see what I recommend for a first time visit. But hopefully that helps you get a good idea of how to structure your road trip so that you can hit all of these just fantastic and wonderful national parks. Thanks for exploring the national parks with us. Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to dirtinmyshoes.com. See you next week. Same time, same place. And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.